Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, Pure Sex listeners. Jonathan Darty here with part two in our series on whole man recovery with Matt Winger. In today's episode, we will explore the physical element of whole man recovery. We will attempt to answer the following questions about this element. One, what is the element? Two, what effect does it have on addiction, on relationships, on identity? Three, how does recovery address this element? And four, what might health and wholeness look like for this element in one's life? Matt Winger is the clinical director of Boulder Recovery. To learn more about Matt and Boulder Recovery, visit boulderrecovery.com. For additional resources for men, visit bebroken.org men or check out links in today's show notes. And would you please rate and review the podcast after listening as this helps others to find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries. And Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now, let's dive into the second element of whole man recovery with Matt. All right, Matt Winger, we are back again. Good to have you back. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, so we're going to jump into our second session in this four-part mini-series of kind of uh, dealing with these four elements of the self that pertain to whole man recovery or renewal and really just the transformation that men need to go through when they've developed a, an addiction. Um, so if you can share with us briefly uh, what the four elements are, and then in this session, we're going to be looking at the physical self. Yeah. So the way I think about recovery is we addressing all parts of what it means to be a human, right? And those are outlined very clearly in the, in the Bible. And I think very clearly in all of our experiences is the physical, the intellectual, emotional, and spiritual parts of us, you know, the physical being our body, our sensations, the way that we experience the world um, in, in our bodies, you know, how our bodies feel, our intellect, how we, you know, perceive the world, how we think about the world, um, and our emotions, how we emotionally respond to all of the, our environment, uh, you know, both internally and, and, and experience the emotions of other people and how we respond to those. And then spiritual, that would be, you know, uh, our, the thing that looks out through our eyeballs, right? And the thing that connects most closely to others and, and, and to God, especially. So all of those pieces of the, the human experience can um, ought to be made whole and renewed and, and we'll, and are distorted in addiction and trauma. Yeah. Now, what we've been doing in this series is uh, essentially asking the same questions of each of these elements to just try, try to see how they all fit together, how they've all maybe been distorted and broken in certain ways, and what recovery can do for bringing about that wholeness that we are uh, desiring. 
So this may seem like a, a funny question to ask about when we're talking about the physical, but um, what is it? Define the physical <laughs> self. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you get super philosophical with it, right? And think about our distinctness, our distinctness from others, right? Our physical distinctness that I am not you and you're not me. There's a space between us and it's defined by my body and yours. And what that contains for us, you know, when we think about it in terms of recovery is my body was, is a survival mechanism, right? It's primary unconscious mode is how do I keep you alive? How do I keep you going? Right. And so I have all these unconscious motors running, right? My, my breath, uh, my blood's pumping and, you know, our nervous system is, is, you know, parasympathetic and sympathetic systems are, are, are running. And part of that survival mechanism is what do I do when I'm in danger and what does my body need to do if I'm in danger uh, or under threat? And um, these are the primary things that can distort how we interact with um, our world um, and other people when there has been a lot of threat or a lot of um, danger while we were in our formative, our formative years. Yeah. And so let's talk about that then thinking about formative years, how can this element of the, the physical self be broken or uh, distorted? Um, and, and, you know, how does that lead to maybe an addiction? Yeah. So the, the simple way that I think about it is it, you know, and, and you and I may have talked about this before, but there, uh, you know, a, a wound or a trauma that happens in kind of two major ways for, for most people. And these are overgeneralizations, but, um, and there's obviously a lot of nuance to it, but to, to speak briefly about it, there are these wounds of abuse and there are these wounds of neglect wounds that are what we might call hot or, you know, um, a lot of chaos going on or cold, like a lack of something that I needed. Right. So that first way is contained in the hot box. We might, we call it contains all that different kinds of abuse um, emotional, spiritual, physical, sexual, psychological abuse that can come in and invade somebody's world and make them feel that they're not safe or that they are, have done something wrong or that they're bad or they're stupid or they've messed up. And these are the, these abuse responses are, are things that they deserve. Um, that cold block box is when things or love, attention, attunement, validation, um, have been withheld from them. They're not getting abused, but they're also not getting the connection that they need. Um, and they might be left instead of thinking that they're bad or that they deserve to be punished. They might feel that they're not worthy or they're not good enough. And so through those traumas of either the hot box or the cold box, people, young people are left and kids are left trying to figure out how do I make sense of a world that is either dangerous or empty? That is either hurting me or is just telling me that I'm not enough and that, that I'm having trouble connecting with myself and with others. And these messages come in to try to help us understand those worlds that, well, I'm bad and I must deserve it, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not worthy of love. And um, those wounds uh, create us uh, a need to reach out to somebody to care for us. And little kids will need to do that. Um, 
but what happens when the people that they're reaching out to are unresponsive or they're not safe? So I have to figure out a way to care for myself. Now that's when addiction comes into play. If I have an unmet need and need for someone to care for me, um, I don't have a, a caregiver to do that, but I, but I have discovered this thing. Oh, that changes my experience. That feels different. That feels exciting. That felt good. Right. And so what I call it is a mix of uh, an attachment wound. So a disconnect between my needs and what my caregiver is going to be able to provide for me. And then a maladaptive sexual experience. So a young person who gets exposed to pornography or masturbation or um, uh, molestation or sexual abuse at an early age. So I get an introduction of a maladaptive sexual behavior um, with a wound, a, tra a traumatic attachment wound. So I have something I need to cope with and a way to cope with it. And that's going to wire together in my brain. And I'm going to keep going back to that again and again and again. And, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I want to maybe put a finer point on it. What kind of effect does that brokenness then around the physical self have on the formation of identity uh, relationships, you know, those kind of, what effects does that have? You, you touched on a little bit in terms of the idea of neglect and abuse and that, and those are relational components of those environments, right? But how does, how does a person typically internalize that around things like their identity and how they are then going to form relationships as a result of that physical brokenness? So the physical brokenness is going to happen primarily up here, right, in my brain, in the way that I perceive the world as either dangerous or empty or something like that, right? And the way that I cope with it is by the means of these addictive or compulsive behaviors that are going to bring shame into my life. And they're going to teach me things about my, my body. One, that my body is shameful. Two, that I need to do everything I can to numb out this situation because these emotions or a lack thereof is overwhelming for me. And I don't want to feel these nervous system responses of danger in my body. So what happens is I'm going to do those um, uh, compulsive behaviors that are going to change the wiring of my brain physically, and they're going to numb me out physically. So then I am therefore disconnected from myself and I am disconnected from other people in my life. It works the same way with drugs. If I am numbed out and high, I'm not going to have great relationships with the people around me if I'm doing that kind of all of the time. Um, and so that's the effect that, I, that it has on my relationships, that I am existing at less than 100% in almost all of my relationships, not as a good uh, spouse, as a parent, as a friend, all these things I'm coming in under the bar because I'm low. Uh, I have low attachment and attunement to the people around me because I'm numbed out um, all of the time. Now, what does that do to my identity? Well, all those messages of shame and coping start to seep into my identity and those negative beliefs that I learned as about myself as a kid follow me around as an adult that I am not worthy of love and I am not good enough and I am a failure and I am bad and I do deserve mm -hmm. bad things. And so now I'm this kind of walking ball of shame that's damaging their neurobiology and numbed out all the time. And that has a huge physical impact. Yeah. So talk then about how does recovery address that? 
how does a recovery seek to address the the brokenness of the physical self? Yeah, well, I, I first need to understand what's going on within my body. That trauma, actually, the the inability trauma being the inability of my body, or my my body's ability to process what's happening to me. Right, it's overwhelming. Right, so I have to store it somewhere else and deal with it later. So that has affected me physically. It's affected my emotional responses to things like my maybe my dad or maybe my mom or maybe situations that feel similar to things that have happened to me in my in my past. And all of that's happening primarily within my body, within my nervous system. You know this, like when something makes you angry, what's happening physiologically for you? Well, you're going to have rapid heartbeat. You're going to have shortness of breath. Maybe you'll start sweating. All of these things are happening primarily in my body. What happens in addiction is I'm totally cut off from that. I, and, and to me, those sensations don't have any relevance to what's going on anymore because I'm just trying to numb them out. So what, what recovery first looks like for me is getting in touch with those things and understanding that my physical sensations have emotional corollaries. That when I sense my, my heart is beating and my lungs are short of air and I'm sweating, that maybe I'm anxious, maybe I'm angry, maybe I'm hurt. Or when I start to collapse and things start to slow down for me and my nervous system, then maybe I'm sad or depressed and things like that. So I have to um, recover my connection to my physical body. Um, yeah. And so as we kind of wrap up this session, uh, kind of ending on a note of hope, if you were to cast a vision for well, what does health and wholeness maybe look like when it comes to the physical self, um, what would you say? Yeah, like I said, for the other ones, it's going to be that integration, right? That my emotions, my spirit, the way that I think um, integrates with my body, that I am able to, to, to discern what's happening for me backwards and forwards, that I can start with my body to determine what, what I'm feeling when I'm confused, or I can allow my body to work in concert with my emotions instead of trying to shut it off and numb it out. Let my body inform what's happening to me. What's going on around me? Oh, I, what's going on? Oh, I'm disconnected emotionally, but I have, what's going on here? Oh, I think I'm anxious about that. Well, now I'm going to think about that. Now I'm going to feel into that. I'm going to allow my body to feel what it feels and, and ask questions about it and experience it rather than try to always just numb it and shut it down. Um, nothing that exists that's going to like come into your world, well, not nothing, but most things that you, that you encounter in your day-to-day -day life are not going to overwhelm you. But, we, but our, our trauma has told us that it will. So yeah. how do I continue to integrate all of those parts of myself and allow my body to, um, to feel and not be like a head in a jar? I need to be connected. Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, even though we're talking about these four elements of the self, like you said, they're not separate, mechanical, independent parts from one another. And so we want to really right. make that message clear. We're, 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 uh, highlighting the distinctiveness of these parts, but you're, you're right. They're totally integrated to one another. Um, so as we wrap up this session, um, where can men go to dive deeper into kind of this whole man renewal and recovery? Yeah. Boulderrecovery.com. You know, our Boulder recovery program is a 14 day trauma intensive for men struggling with porn and sex addiction. We're going to use all, all the sorts of different tools to help integrate 
the different parts of who we are and do a whole uh, human, the way that God created us to be, to relate to each other and ultimately to relate to him. And he created us with a body, so we should stop pretending that we don't have one. Thanks, Matt. I'm looking forward to the uh, the next two sessions. So uh, listeners, we're glad that you've been with us and uh, make sure you go to Boulder Recovery to learn more about the intensive and uh, come back next time because we've got two more sessions on this whole man recovery and the four elements of the self. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.